Is it all about Jesus for you tonight? It's all about Him. Even as we sang that previous song. God, you've been faithful. I can confess tonight, 46 years from the day I met Jesus. God has been faithful. Can I say that I've been faithful in 46 years to God? The answer is no. But even when we're not faithful, God is faithful faithful I thank you for your mercy and grace Lord even as we sing that song Lord that your goodness is running after your word says in the Psalms that goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives we thank you Lord we thank you for your deep love and grace toward us just want to ask you tonight Father thank you for this just this lovely family atmosphere we have tonight just father with it with this church come and minister to us lord help us to sit on your lap and just hear what your spirit will say to our hearts tonight and may we leave this place lord equipped to live the life that you've called us to live we thank you for that father in the name of jesus we ask it amen, amen. god bless you let us take our seats such an honor and a privilege to be able to share the word of god um, just welcome everybody that's tuning in by tuning here on the different platforms. We just thank God for everybody that's taking the time out to, to actually listen to the Word of God. <laughs> I'm looking at my Bible, it's falling apart, but that normally belongs to the Oaks Heart, is not. Amen. Praise God. So good, are you, are you ready to hear a word that's going to help you, that's going to challenge you, that's going to encourage you? Depending on where you, you seated with Jesus tonight and where your relationship is with Jesus, this word will speak to you in those areas of your life. So tonight I want to just get right into it. I want to talk to you tonight about just something that the Lord's laid on my heart so much. And, and, and a lot of the stuff that I'm going to share has been a reflection in my own heart about life, about living life. And so I want to talk to you tonight about the power of readiness. Say with me the word readiness. Readiness. Gereetheid. Die kracht van gereetheid. You know, readiness is a daily discipline that every single one of God's children need to embrace. You need to make it your own every single day. Because I can tell you now, most of the crises that you're going through have gone through in your life. You know what, what it's been? It's been an, because you've been unprepared. Now, will trouble come our way? Will crisis come our way? Will adversity come our way? Absolutely, Jesus said it. But let me tell you something. It's the way in which you handle it by the way, you've readied yourself for every crisis and every situation that comes in our lives. So what is readiness? Just listen to this. This explains completely what I want to share with you guys tonight. Readiness is this. It's a state of being fully prepared for something. 
So you're fully prepared for something. You may not know what that something is. You know those suddenlies, those when everything's going well, you get the bad news. Whether it be medically, financially, emotionally. Suddenly something happens. How do you react to it? That's what the, I'm talking about tonight, the power of readiness. It also means willingness to do something. You don't just hang around and when the crisis comes, it knocks you to the floor. You drag yourself up like a panacook and you become like alive again. And, and then you plod along again. No, no, no. That's what readiness is. It's, it's willingness to do something. Then there's a beautiful word that they use for readiness. It's a word called promptness. In Afrikaans, the word for promptness, I looked it up in Google. It says spoot. So I like that word because I thought when I ride my bike, I'm very prompt. <laughs> <laughs> you will not use this against me in the court of law. <laughs> it means eagerness. It also means you are not caught by surprise. You see, when the crisis comes and the hardships come and the difficult, and we have this in our lives, then you're prepared for it. Let me tell you, it's nice and easy to not be prepared when the good stuff comes because you embrace it so lacquer. But you know, for our lives, we live in a world that's, that's not the best. <laughs> And we know we live in crisis times in, in our day and our age. They say forewarned is forearmed. Isn't that so true? Forewarned is forearmed. Voorafgewaarski, and I, I can't think what the Google words have mind, this it's van gereedheid om te beklei or something. That forewarned is forearmed. But the, the, the point of the matter is, what I'm going to give you tonight, I'm forewarned, I'm forewarning you, van vooraf gee ek jylle waarschuwing vanavond, so that you'll be forearmed, so when the crisis comes, that you'll be prepared for it. Amen. That's what it is. Because what I've seen over these years and years of serving the Lord in Christianity, and it's happened in many times in my own life, is this. Many Christians want to become deeply spiritual, deeply committed, totally sold out to the Lord Jesus. They want to become more alert, but, but hear this, after the crisis, after the failure, after the problem has struck. If you were ready when it hit, you would have handled it so much differently. When somebody comes along and says something that insults you or, 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 or you hear a bad thing, something said about you or whatever the circumstances might be. If you were ready and you handled it through the word of God and you handled it correctly, why? Because there's a power that comes from being ready. You react differently. You act like a child of God. Amen. So Peter had us like a sussed out when he wrote this. Listen to these words. 1 Peter 1 verse 13. He says, so brace up your minds. That word brace in Afrikaans is stut. <laughs> so like a word, eh? stut. It's something you like, hoi, brace up, you hold it up. The English word for, for, for brace means to support, to make something stronger. So what is he saying is, he says, so make your mind stronger. Stut your gedachtes, your brain, your, your mind, your emotions, everything. He says, stut, stut thy, thy, thy brains, thy gedachtes van jou. He says, and be sober. <laughs> Must I say that again? Be sober. Yes, I don't like it when I preach this stuff. Eh? But let me just tell you something. A drunkard will never go into the, into the kingdom of God. Jesus said that. Dan krijg je christenen wat aanhou syp. <laughs> nie stut nie syp. <laughs> Dis so. 
Just going to have one, becomes two, becomes six. And you see, the more you fed yourself with stuff like that, the more you, you, you're not conscious and you're not in the place where God wants you to be. That's why the Bible says, be sober. And then he goes on to say, be circumspect. Circumspect. And on a word, I word, but you can versichtig, cautious. He says, be sober and cautious. And he says, be morally alert. Then he says, set your hope holy, volkome, and unchangeably. Je moet nie verander, op die genade, the divine favor that is coming to you when Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is revealed. So I'm going to live a certain kind of way. There's power in readiness. He says we must be ready. We must keep ready for one day Jesus is coming. Amen. So beautiful. Readiness is the responsibility of every child of God. So it's my responsibility. Amen. And yellow work now, but for my cake. Amen. I love this. We've used the saying so many times. A stitch in time saves nine. Je sien, as hy dingetje loskom, en hy sê, ach, hy is van moere, as hy moere kom, dan is hy drie steekies los. En dan hang hy ding. Dan lyk jou, lyk hy so, want ek moes hierdie ding lang al laat recht maak het, maar kyk hoe lyk hy broertje. Is bad, hy sê, jy waks. Because stitching down saves nine. And that's the thing with our lives. If we deal with it now and we, and we ready ourselves now, it will save you trouble down the road. Amen. It's true. So last week when we spoke about love, I spoke about four, uh, four Ps, two Ps, four Ps on, on love, how to, the purpose of love and so on. Tonight I want to also use the, the Ps. I, I like Ps. I don't really like Ps, but you know, I like the letter Ps. I groen goeikies wat... Anyway... Whoever thought we could eat peas? <laughs> anyway, I don't want to be sidetracked here. Four steps to ensure that when you're preparing yourself for readiness, listen to these. These are, these are really good. So, so if you want to really remember how you're doing in preparing yourself, here's the way to do it. The first two Ps, plan purposefully. In other words, what must you do to ready yourself? Don't, don't plan vaguely. Ach, ek weet, ek moet iets doen vir die Heere, en ek moet, no, 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 be on purpose about your, what you're doing in life, the way you're living for Jesus. He says, plan purposefully, and then prepare prayerfully. Moet jy altyd biddend wees oor alles wat jy beplan in jou leven. You've got to pray over this stuff. Whatever it is that you're planning purposefully, prepare that, whatever you're doing, to live better for Jesus, to be ready, pray over it prayfully, and then proceed negatively. <laughs> Hello. This is not in what it says there, does it? It says prepare positively. It, it, it amazes me how many people, when, when you mix with them, and they're going through stuff, the negative stuff that comes out of our mouths, we speak death, eh, don't we? We need to be so careful what comes out of our mouths. Proceed positively. And then lastly, pursue this life. How? Persistently. Sonder oppo. Carry on with it. Staying in a place of readiness. 
If you can get that right, man, you're going to be a dynamic, ready Christian for all things in life. And when we talk about readiness, we're not just talking about the coming of Jesus. We need to be ready because that's important. But I'm talking about readiness in, uh, in your home with your family, that you'll always be ready and full of the things of God, to be loving, to be kind, to be gentle, to live out the fruit of the Spirit, whether you're working in an office place. Always be ready because sometimes things don't always work out. It's for every aspect of our lives we need to be living in readiness as children of God I'm not talking about the unsaved I'm talking about to you children of God we need to be ready and that's so important I know in life um, it is like this and, and most of us have experienced this you go through tests in life and the reason is when you're going to join a company or you're studying at school or <laughs> And then your parents look and think, oh, Lord, help this kid of mine. But, but so, so we write tests. When you go to university, you write tests. Sometimes when you're applying for a job uh, in a specific field, they would give you tests to, to find out if you know. Why are they doing this stuff? They're trying to see if you are ready to do what they want you to do. Isn't that so? That's exactly why we write tests. So I want to say this tonight and listen to this. We need to regularly take spiritual readiness tests in our own lives. And I'll give you a scripture. Listen to this powerful word in Galatians, the sixth chapter from verse four. He says, each one, each one, say that's me. Everybody say that's me. That's it, I hope everybody said that because he's talking to us now. He says, let each one do what? Test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. Because the problem is, if pity, I didn't use Fricky, you check, but he's not even, yeah. So, so if pity is, is living like a number three, and I've, said, I've used this analogy before, if he's living like a three or a four and you think you're about a six, then you might carry on because you're not like pity. <laughs> no, no, the Bible says each one of us should take, uh, test our own walk with God. You need to be honest with yourself. You need to say, Lord, how am I? Am I ready? Am I spiritually ready? Am I preparing myself to be spiritually ready? That's the question we need to ask ourselves. Paul had this beautiful example. Listen to this. And, and I want to say this. Paul would not have said this if it were not possible and were not true and it weren't, you weren't able to do this. Listen to this verse. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1. He says, and you should follow my example just as I follow Christ's example. What a vulnerable. Can you say that to somebody? Follow Jesus like I'm following Jesus. Can, we, can you say that? You think it's arrogance. not arrogant. Because you love the Lord and you work. Do we make mistakes? Yes, we do make mistakes. Do we mess up? Yes, we do. But it's in the humility of walking with Jesus. Because you're spiritually in readiness. There's power that comes in readiness. That Paul could actually say, follow Jesus like I'll follow him. And how many times have I said this to this church? I've said to you, you know what? Whatever you see in George, don't follow that. But whatever of Jesus you see in George, follow that. Nah. And that must be for our own lives. But he understood that. He understood the power of readiness, Paul. Just before he was going to go to Jerusalem, then you get the people who try and kill your vision and your mission and, and everything. Now these folks grab Paul and they talk to him. It's just about a go. 
En they have a word for him, and they say, listen Paul, you're going to, jy gaan diep spore trap jy, because those are actually waiting to sort you out there. Now, now listen to this now, what plays down on what Paul says. Listen to these words. Acts 21.13, he says, then Paul replied, what do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart like this? Hoekom heil jylle en staan jylle hierso? Nou hoor wat sê hy vir hulle. He says, for I hold myself in, what does he say there, church? Readiness. Ek hou myself gereed, sê hy. I'm in readiness, listen, not only to be arrested, I'm ready if they arrest me, I'm ready if they bind me, I'm ready to even go into prison in Jerusalem. But even so, I'm willing to die for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because I am ready. I mean, that's fantastic. He was willing to die for his faith. Here's my question to all of us tonight. Are we willing to say that? I have a readiness to be imprisoned, to be beaten, whatever. I mean, some of the oaks are not even ready tonight because it's raining to come to church. <laughs> How bad is that? Readiness. You know, even spreading the gospel, isn't what Paul says in Romans 1.15. He says, so, for my part, I'm willing and eagerly ready. Ek is gereed. Gereed vir wat? To preach. Listen to what he says here. To preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. There must come a readiness for us to preach to people about Jesus. Can you see? Hoekom ek gereed moet wees? Because most Christians are not ready, that's why they're not preaching the gospel, because their lives are falling apart, because they're not doing things to make themselves ready, so they'd rather not tell people about Jesus. They will be the last one to say to somebody, follow Jesus like I follow him. Do you know we need to be getting there? Okay, amen? Amen or amen, but it's the truth. We need to be getting to that place where we can say that to people. But he was ready. I mean, Peter put it another way, writing to the church. He says this in 1 Peter 3, 15. But in your hearts, in your hearts, set Christ apart as holy. And do what? Acknowledge him as Lord. Set him apart and, and know that Jesus is Lord. You talk about getting ready. That's the, the readiness we need to be. We need to set him apart in our hearts. We need to know he's my Savior, he's my Lord. He lives in me and he has the best plan and purpose for my life. Set him apart in your hearts, holy, and acknowledge him as Lord. And listen to these. Always be, what is that word? Ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope that is in you. But do it courteously and do it respectfully. How many people, let me ask you now. You answer this in your own heart, okay. How many people have come to you and said, yes, yes, on this. What is it? You see, for, for many Christians, you know, and, and it's hard that we've got to hear these things, but it's the truth. People look at you and they say, I say, he's a Christian. Then they skinner about us because we're not living that life. We're not living in readiness. Amen? What a lesson in readiness for us to follow. Amen? Some of the factors that contribute to Paul's readiness, which should be factors that we must factor into our own lives. Listen to this, 1 Corinthians 9. He goes and he talks about, he says, all, all athletes run, but we run to win the prize. 
they win and get a, a prize and it's, it, it just tarnishes and, and then it goes into file number 27 or cupboard number 8 or in your garage in the back. All your trophies is no da. You've seen only as many because they're not significant. He says, but the one we run for, we run this race to receive the, 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 the acknowledgement and the glory of God in our lives. But after he had said all that, he says these words in 1 Corinthians 9.27. He says, no, he says, in this race that I run, he says, I beat my body. I make myself a slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. That's a really powerful scripture. They say, I say, you know, all the good could do it, and I've been preaching to all this, and I'm always ready to do this, and I'm willing to go to jail. He says, after all of this, I need to check myself that I'm always ready so that I'm not disqualified one day. What a powerful message to us. I want to be ready, he says, when Jesus comes. That's what he's saying over there. He made sure he was ready regardless of the cost. It doesn't matter what the cost is. He made sure he was ready. And listen to this, Philippians 3, verse 7 and 8. He says, but whatever was to, to my profit, everything that I had was to my profit. Because, I mean, before he met Jesus, he was a wealthy uh, um, scribe, uh, a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was a man. He obviously income. He had financial income. He was, he was really blessed, this guy. And his life was amazing. But he says everything, the acknowledgement when he walked in streets, people like bowed at him and, and, he, and he got all the seats in the highest places and all of that stuff. But listen what he says. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider all of that stuff as loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared with the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus my Lord. There's nothing greater in his life than the day he met Jesus. He says, for whose sake I've lost all things. And I consider all of those things as rubbish. That's another good translation. The others, other translation, the King James says, I find it all to be dung. That I may gain Christ. <laughs> That's what he said, exactly. He, he wanted to emphasize it. It's poo compared to... <laughs> Being ready to please God. Listen, when you're ready, you know what he did? He severed that afghasna, all the loyalties that would keep him from following God. What is it that is keeping us tonight from following God in the fullness? Why are you not continuously doing things to keep you ready? You know what the Bible says, and maybe this is just for somebody here tonight. 1 Corinthians 15, 33. He says, don't be misled. Bad company corrupts a good character. We've got to be so careful. I put out my morning message this morning, went about this. You become like the five people that you hang around the most. We do. Whether you want to like it or not, that's what you're becoming. So if you want to become more like Jesus and tell people, I follow Jesus, hang around with people that talk into your life. Hang around with people that are positive. Don't hang around with naysayers. <laughs> Ready to meet Jesus. When you live like that, then you know your race will end well one day. Amen. And then, and then he says here in Philippians 3, verse 13 and 14, he says, Brothers, I don't consider yet that I've taken hold of this, this wonderful God, life that God has taken me. But he says, you know what he does? 
I keep ready. And how does he do this? He says, but this one thing I do, not these 10 different things I dabble in, this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind me, and I strain towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Every Christian has a journey to take. You have a journey. Each one of us have a journey to take. And he says we need to press on towards the goal for the prize which Jesus called us heavenward. One day we're going to be in glory. 2 Timothy 4, 7, at the end of his life, he can honestly say this. And I pray to God that I'll be able to say it and you'll be able to say these words. I have fought the good fight. I finished the race. I've kept the faith. You see, that's a life who lives in readiness. But there's another aspect, and I'm, I'm going to sort of end up landing with this part. There's another aspect about b- being ready. Listen to these words. Living ready daily to be ready for that great day. Which day? Jesus says it. Matthew 24, 44. He says, so you also must be what? You must be ready. Ready for what? Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you don't expect him. You see, Jesus gives an incredible warning, and I'm going to read it to you tonight, you know, so we can read a bit of scripture here tonight. I don't want to share this with you, but I want to just say this. You see, people hear about the coming of Jesus, and we've been hearing it for generations, and the generations before us and before us, and Paul and them, when they wrote, and he wrote the New Testament, they were expecting Jesus, and Jesus hasn't come. So you know what happens is we become, we become sort of like hamak. Have you ever seen a dove? And we find them in our neighborhood. And this is always this analogy. These little doves. You know, if you go out there on a plow spot and there's a dove, when he sees the car come over the hill, he's a kilo away. He flies like he's like getting away from an eagle. Because he hears the car coming. Yeah, in my neighborhood, I've got a good bricker. The dude walks away. They're like, they're so muck. You nearly ride over them. Some days I miss it. And I look in my rear view mirror and I go, <laughs> and I feel bad. I thought the cat caught him. <laughs> but we need to be so cautious in our lives. Just listen to this. You know, Jesus told you, go read Matthew 20. Next week I'm going to talk about a couple of things in this area. But Matthew 25, so powerful. Listen to this, 1 through 13. Let's just take this at a step at a step at a time. Jesus is given a warning at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so what I want to say to all of us tonight is, if you die and you're lying in a box here in front of me and I'm burying you, Jesus has come for you. Amen. Do you hear that? Because you cannot change, repent. You see, when, when Lazarus and the rich man, when, when Lazarus died, he went to the bosom of Abraham. When the rich man died, he went to hell. And in hell, the Bible says, it says that, and in hell, he said, hey, gooi a bit of water on my tongue, is hot, yeah. He says, but go tell my brothers about this place, don't let them come, yeah. You see, one of the greatest evangelists in the world are in hell today, because now they're there. So you see, we don't have to go there. And, and I always say, God sends nobody to hell. That's the wonderful good news. People just choose not to go to heaven. <laughs> Think about that. But so he says, yeah. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. You see, there's the power of readiness. They readied themselves. You and I need to be readying ourselves. Make sure the anointing oil is full in our lives. 
It's readiness or it's indifference. It's a choice we need to make. But listen to this. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. Which one are you tonight? Which five are you tonight? He says, five of them foolish, five of them were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. They lived, they, they lived the compromising life. We know Jesus is coming one day, so, you know, he's taking his time, this bridegroom, so we'll just like hang sloppier, you know, we won't do much. We won't worry about readiness. He said, but the wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. And then it happens. The bridegroom was a long time in coming. That's what I said. Uns wach for Jesus, wach for Jesus. But there comes a day at the coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. And at midnight, the cry rang out, Yes, the bridegroom, believe me, that day is going to come as sure as you sitting in this church tonight. There's going to come a day when Jesus is coming back, not to be mocked, spat upon, insulted, ridiculed. He's coming back as King of kings and Lord of lords, and he's coming to take full authority over this world and over this kingdom and to destroy the work of Satan finally. Praise God. He says, come out and meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. Can you see? There's the religious things that people do. Trim the lamps. Everybody, the, the, the wise ones and the foolish ones. They're all trimming their lamps. They're all ready. Uh, the foolish ones said to the wise, hey, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may not be enough for you and us. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were away to buy oil, the bridegroom arrived. Do you hear there was an announcement that the bridegroom was coming? He hadn't come yet, but then he arrives. We hear this all the time in the church. Get ready, get ready, get ready, because the bridegroom's coming. But we do nothing about it. Many don't do much about it. And then he comes. And he arrives. And the virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Later, the others came also and said, Sir, sir, sir. He said, open the door for us. But he replied, and this is a terrible, terrible ending. I tell you the truth. I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour that Jesus is coming. And you know, the truth of the matter is how you're living today determines where you will live in the afterlife. It's just the truth. We cannot afford church. You know, why do we preach this stuff? Just to, <laughs> to make you bung. No, no. To, to stand on your toes because I'm cross with you. No, I love you. I love you enough to, to share this with you. Because God wants us to be ready. Amen. He wants us to be ready. Because he says so. There's a great blessing, and there's a real comfort that comes from those who understand the power of readiness. Because when Jesus comes, all you've got to do is say, Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. It's like, oh, 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 I could need oil in here. I could do, oh, Lord, Lord, I've got to be sober. Give me five coffees. But I can here. I suppose there's such an old story that about the Domini that was flying. The higher he went up, 
He asked the, the aerostess, can you have a brandy? Because he's like nervous. She gooi him a lekker brandy. But he's like really nervous. And then she gooi him another brandy. She says, hoe hoog is ons? She says, dominee. Ons is nou heel tommel, heel tommel, so 60,000 voet in die licht. Sê, yes, dis, gee my a triple brande bankie, sê sê, want ek, yes, and now she's duck with him, because he keeps calling her, eventually, he calls her, sê sê sê, hoe hoog is ons nou? Sê sê, amper in die hemel, sê sê sê, sê sê sê, licht word dinnekie, bring my a pepermenkie. Hy wil nie by die jere kom, maar die doop asem daar aankom, nie, nie. Listen to this. Matthew 25:34. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father. Take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of this world. You know, wonderful. That is the problem. That's what Revelation says. And just listen to this. Revelation 22:14. He says, Blessed are those who wash their robes. In other words, those who get themselves ready. Why do we have to wash our robes if Jesus cleanses me once and for all? Obviously we sin, obviously we mess up, obviously we do things. We need to come in repentance regularly and just submit ourselves to God and ask Jesus to just guide our lives and to walk in the truth of his word. Amen. We need to be doing those things. Amen. Because you might be right, he says, wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. God's promise to us. You know, the other day, the other morning, I was having my quiet time and I'm busy thinking about stuff. And I thought to myself, people have said this to me, I've heard them say it, and maybe, maybe you've said this or thought this. Because the Bible says we're going to sing in heaven, hallelujah, hallelujah. Day and night the angels sing before the throne, hallelujah. And some actually said to me, yes, it's going to be boring singing, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know? But I want to just say this to you. Two things. Number one, if you're not a worshiper here, you're not going to be a lack of worshiper there. And it's so important that we learn to worship the Lord in spirit and truth. The last song we sang, Lord, it's about you that we sing. We're not going to make worship into when we hit the strong, we just worship, we do stuff. No, no. We need to be connecting with him. That's what worship does. But you see, what came to my mind is this. You know why they sing hallelujah and worthy is the lamb every day? You know, Jesus says a thousand years is like a day. So when you come into glory, your one day is like a thousand years. But, you, but think about this a minute. When you get into heaven and you see what he has done for you, and that peace that passes all understanding, and that joy, and that no sickness, and that love, that, that inexpressible love, there's, that you just love. Let me tell you, it will come the most natural thing with our mouths will be worthy, worthy is the Lamb. And when you've done it for a thousand years, it's like a day. And when another thousand years you say worthy, oh Lord, look at that, whoa, hallelujah, Jesus, we'll be so excited. For eternity, you're going to be praising the King of glory for what he's prepared for you and for me. Listen to this, Revelation 14, verse 12, 13. I'm going to close with this. This calls for patience. This calls for endurance. On whose part? On the part of God's children, the saints, who do what? Who obey God's commands and remain faithful to Jesus.
Then I heard a voice from heaven say, Right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they will rest from their labor. And listen to this, for their deeds will follow them. The way we live, yeah, we will have deeds and there will be an award ceremony for our lives. I want to ask you tonight, how ready do you keep yourself? Now, I know there might be some of you sitting here saying, I don't actually, or I haven't been. So tonight, if you want to come to God and say, Lord, yeah, I am. I really want to ask you, Lord, where I've been missing up on this, on this that I heard tonight, I realize that I operate in a, in a strange way when, when crisis and trouble hits me because I'm not prepared. I'm not getting myself ready as Paul himself was ready to go through stuff. If you want to ask God, we're not going to close our eyes here now <laughs> so you can sneak up and stand. But if that's you tonight, be bold enough to say, Lord, help me to keep ready until you come. If that's you, I want you to stand right now. Right now, say, Lord, help me. Because I want to stand. I want to stand myself and say, Lord, I need help. I need your touch. I just want you to do this while you're standing there. Don't just stand to stand. Stand there to connect with your heavenly daddy right now for a few moments. We've heard the sermon. You've heard what the Holy Spirit has spoken into your hearts. It's not what I said. It's what the Spirit of God says in your heart. Come, let us just bow our heads and let us spend just a few moments with Jesus right now. Speak it out to God. Just talk to God what, what you've picked up tonight because the Holy Spirit has spoken to each one of us in different ways tonight. Hallelujah. Precious Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that is very present here tonight. I thank you for each and every life that stands before you now. Because life can become so busy. We can get so tied up with the things of this world and the cares of this world and you said that will happen, Lord. And so our minds focus and drift. We're busy with the things of God, but we miss the God of the things, the great I am. So tonight I want to ask, Father, as we stand before you as your church, by your grace and your mercy that you promise will follow us all the days of our life, and we sang that tonight to you, I want to pray, Father, that you will stir faith in each and every life here tonight. And Lord, that you would lift us into that place where we'll be so conscious of what it means to ready ourselves until that great day you come and fetch us. But while we're on the side of the world, that we will be ready to live out our faith boldly, confidently, courageously and strong until Jesus comes. Help us to ready ourselves. May the spirit of readiness, the power that, that is released from, from, from the throne of God onto a child of God who seeks to be ready because that is your heart for us tonight. We thank you for the wonderful work you do tonight in your children's hearts. 
We give you honor tonight. We give you thanks. And because we believe it, everybody says, Amen.